What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the same old Dolphin show. I'm Josh Katzker, and with me, as always, is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, what is happening? It's finally upon us. Fantasy drafts are over. That's it. The NFL season is starting in less than 72 hours. It's unbelievable. It's coming. It's it's here. It's here. Uh, we're, we're almost to the first day of the season. And if you believe the stories in the news, we might not have to wait until Sunday for the first Dolphin game of the season. Because Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Because of uh, Hurricane Irma potentially bearing down on the state of Florida, uh, word came out earlier this afternoon as we record this on Monday evening that the NFL will decide on Tuesday, so probably by the time most of you are listening to this, uh, the NFL will have decided whether or not they wanted to move up the Dolphins Bucks game. They said if the game was going to be moved up to Thursday or Friday this week, that decision would be made on Tuesday. And now they also said that if they were going to change the location, that they would have a little bit more time to wait before they made that decision. But it also seemed like the NFL was not really excited about the idea of potentially, uh, moving this game to the bye week. That is actually shared by the Dolphins and the Bucks, even though that is an option of just moving this game to November where these teams have the bye week. But the NFL doesn't seem to want to do that because it would mean that the, that these two teams would have to play 16 consecutive weeks of football. And uh, I think the NFL wants to, in, in the interest of competitive fairness, they want to avoid making these two teams do that. So it seems like the... Most likely option is if this hurricane is in fact going to head towards Florida, that they're going to either move the game up or possibly put it in another location. Rumors have been that they might move the game to Tennessee. Uh, but you know, we don't know, but it's up in the air. That's all we need. All we need is to lose another home game because we've also, we've already lost one home game because we're playing the Saints in London. Right. So that that one was voluntary, but that was a voluntary loss of a home game. Yeah, so either it, way. So let's let's go. Let's be the only team in the league that plays six home games. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Steve Ross. Thanks a lot. Fantastic. I love it. The season hasn't even started, and we're already mad at Steve Ross. Same old Dolphins. Same old Dolphins. It's a beautiful thing. Well, Brain, uh, the preseason has wrapped up, and we are now, as the teams are in week one prep mode, uh, I think it's time to look back at the Dolphins' offseason and preseason and, you know, give it a grade as we head into the regular season. Um, Brain, what, what grade would you give the Dolphins, the, com- the Dolphins' combined offseason, training camp, and preseason? If you had to give it a letter grade, what letter grade would you give it? Is there really any other grade than you can, that you can give – the Dolphins on anything other than a C. There it is. I knew that was coming. Yes, that's absolutely what it is. It's definitely, well, and some of that is not of their own making. Well, it's not always of their own making. It's just, it is what it is. It we is what it is. get yes. out of mediocrity. That's right. You know, we. That's no a matter, solid 76%. We could have, we could have made all of the right moves. We could have been perfectly healthy. And then the product on the field would have been awful and it still would have been a C. The way it went, 
We made some good moves. We made some bad moves. We got some injuries. We looked up and down, and it was vintage Miami Dolphins. I'd I'd give it a C. I mean, in all seriousness, um, the off season there were there were a couple of questionable moves, and there were a couple of of pretty good moves. I wasn't a huge fan of the money that they doled out to Kenny Stills and Andre Branch, but. At the same time, I realize that those are both moves that make the Dolphins better for this season. And it appears to be that that is their goal to build off of last year and not inevitably take a step back like many thought that they would and, and frankly still think that they would. Many people feel like they were an 8-8 eight and eight team that got a couple of breaks and went 10 and six and the dolphins decided, you know, let's, let's try to build on that and get back to the playoffs, try to get to back to back playoff berths for the first time in what, like 20 years, the first time since Jay Fiedler. Uh, So that with that as their goal, you can't necessarily argue about the, the Kenny stills signing or, or keeping on Andre branch, even though I think that they paid a little bit much for those guys. Uh, I thought they had some good signings, bringing in William Hayes on the cheap, bringing in Alteron Werner right at the start of camp was a really good one. Uh, the draft, I thought it was a, you know, it's always so weird to draft uh to try to grade the the draft right afterwards because nobody really knows but you try to do it anyway because you kind of feel like you have a a feel of it and then after that first training camp and preseason that's the first time that you are seeing these draft picks so now you feel like you have some justification in giving a grade I felt a lot better about it before the preseason the first preseason game everything that we were hearing in camp we heard great things about Raekwon McMillan. We were hearing good things about the first-round pick, Charles Harris. Raekwon McMillan gets hurt on his first play in preseason. Charles Harris was an absolute ghost in the preseason. That has to be worrisome. But then you've got a fifth-round pick in Devon Gacho, who looks to be the starter going into week one over Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips didn't even have a bad camp. But he's been overshadowed not just by Gacho, but also by uh, by the fifth round pick, uh, Taylor. So they seem to have found their depth at D-line. Um, you know, they went out and they, they signed TJ McMillan, even though he's going to be out for the first eight weeks. Should add some depth to the secondary. They drafted TJ McDonald. TJ McDonald. TJ McDonald. Yeah, McDonald. Raekwon McMillan. What do you TJ make Mc- of What do you make of the fact that they're paying him all this money? Uh, they must love what they see. I, I think it's a bit premature, but it's kind of a gamble. It, it, it is a, a little gamble. bit of a gamble, but it's, it's. I mean, not to not to have the Jarvis Landry conversation again, but it certainly doesn't bode well for Jarvis Landry that there's yet another guy on the team who's who's getting paid and getting signed to that deal before the season starts. While Landry waits. Yeah, but I don't think they make that move. Uh, You know, I don't think they make that move if they feel like that completely takes the option of Landry off the table. They can they still have the cap space next year 
if they had to, they can franchise Jarvis Landry. Although that really does not appear to be what you want to do. Uh, but that's a whole other issue. Um, obviously the big news of the, of the preseason and of training camp was Tannehill injury and bringing in Jay Cutler. I, I think Jay Cutler's looked pretty good in what limited, uh, play we've seen from him. I think he looks like he has a grasp of the offense. He has a good chemistry with Devontae Parker. You saw chemistry with all of the, the first team offense in the final preseason. Well, in the third preseason game, the final one that mattered against Philadelphia. But we've got question marks about the defense. And so it, it's for every really good thing that the Dolphins did there's a really questionable thing that they did. Or for everything that looks good, there's something that looks questionable. And that's been the MO of this team for about 25 years now, especially uh, since, what, 2000, what, since 2000 was Marino's last year? Yeah, but that's, I think that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, they look to me, to be the same old Dolphins. Now, what I'll say is they look closer to me to being the same old Dolphins that we grew up with than the same old Dolphins that they've been for the last 15 years. That's to that's say, a good point. That's that's to say that they're a team that it could be right in the playoffs, maybe win a couple of postseason games, but not championship ready. They look like a team not to not to totally uh, you know, give away our, our predictions. They look like a team whose floor is an average team, but whose ceiling is only a pretty good team. That's fair. That's that, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, and like you said, I think the only grade that you can give this team for this post seat, for this combined off season training camp and preseason is a C. And, uh, and that's where we are heading in to the regular season. So, uh, the hope here is that, well, what the plan is, I, I guess I should say, is that we're gonna, we're gonna do a little bit of a general season preview here for the Dolphins. And, uh, and then just for the fun of it, we'll go around and pick division winners and playoff teams and, and predict the Super Bowl here preseason just so that at the end of the year, we can we can have something to look back on and, and say, hey, we're really smart or, hey, we're really dumb. Uh, and then the hope is to probably Thursday evening, late Thursday evening, do a preview show for the season opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if things change and the football and, and the Dolphins season opening game gets moved to Thursday, uh, we'll see if we can get together to do a preview show a little earlier. Um, so in the event that that happens, I guess it's, we'll just wait and see, see what happens. Um, obviously if the game is Thursday night, maybe we'll do a, a post game wrap or something, uh, or maybe we'll come up with a, a Friday wrap of the game. Um, but my inclination and look, this is going on nothing other than just a hunch. Yeah. My inclination, well, and looking at the reports on the hurricane, uh, it doesn't look like the storm, like if the storm is going to hit, 
It probably won't hit until late Saturday into Sunday at the earliest. Right. And I don't think that the NFL wants this Dolphins-Tampa Bay game to take away I or agree. interfere I agree with the Thursday night opener. I had so that exact I think, thought. I think the likelihood is that if the game gets moved up, it's going to be played on Friday night. Yeah, I think that's the likely scenario. If it's going to get moved up, that's when it's going to be. I I, I, I said the same thing earlier uh, this evening to my wife, in fact. I said that it looks like they're going to change the date of the – they may date, change the date of the Dolphin game. They may move it up. I said if they're going to move this game up, I can't imagine they would move it to Thursday night and have it go head-to-head with their nationally televised uh, – Patriots Chiefs game I said if it's going to get moved up they'll move it up to Friday night so that it's all on its own Um, it probably still wouldn't be a nationally televised game it probably still only be televised in the local Florida markets and probably be one of those deals where if you have the Sunday ticket you can still get it but it wouldn't otherwise be nationally televised or maybe NFL Network would pick it up who knows but at any rate that remains to be seen. A decision has not yet been made, so we're just sort of hanging tight until the NFL makes a decision. And uh, from there, we'll we'll figure out what our alternate plan is for the week. For now, we're sticking with the original plan for shooting for a Thursday night uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers preview game. But Brain, let's take a look at the Miami Dolphins season as a whole. What is your prediction for what the team is going to do this season? Well, provided everybody stays healthy, which, let's face it, that's probably not going to happen. But provided that they don't suffer too many major injuries from this point on, you know, compared to what everybody else suffers, I think you look at their division and they've got probably two of the worst teams in all of football in their division, in Buffalo and the Jets. They've got to win. That they, That's four games right there that they've got to win if they want to make the playoffs. Now, on top of that... And this is that, the Dolphins we're talking about. So they'll go to Buffalo and lose on, well, on I, December 17th. I mean, typically, yes. But last year, they swept both of these teams. And that's true. Both of these teams got worse. I mean, Buffalo has gone full-on tank mode this preseason, trading away uh, a young up-and-coming cornerback, trading away their their star-wide receiver. They look like a team that is just trying to tank to get the best possible uh, quarterback of the future, to try to load up on draft picks because they've got, they've got a bunch of draft picks so they want to get them they want to make those draft picks as valuable as possible by sucking and the jets seem to be in the same mode uh going into the season with with Josh McCown and uh you know Hackenberg is and Bryce Petty is their backups so they don't have really a viable starting quarterback on the roster they have a terrible offensive line. They have virtually no pass catchers and they have a defense. They have a defensive line and that's about it. 
their secondary is bad. The Jets may, in fact, be the worst team in football, but the Bills are right there with them. So for starters, if the Dolphins want to uh, make the playoffs this year, that's four games that you got to win. I think they've got a pretty good shot of doing that. Uh, you've heard a lot of talk. Uh, Jarvis Landry was the one that came out and said they're going to sweep the Patriots this year, I believe is what he said. I don't think he said we're going to beat the Patriots once out of two. I think he be- – I'm pretty sure that he said that they were going to sweep the Patriots. That is, that is a bold prediction from Jarvis Landry. I don't believe that that's going to happen. No, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I do think that they could potentially beat the Patriots in a game. Uh, Certainly could. They got a they got a and, Monday night game against the Patriots at home on December 11th. And if they're to go five and one in the division, I really like their chances of being a playoff team. But if they should go four and two, then you take a look at the fact that they're playing they're playing the AFC West, I believe, this year. AFC West. Uh huh. Yeah. So. They're Arguably, at, they're ar- at San Diego and at Kansas City. AFC West, arguably the best division in football yeah. this year. And then in the NFC, they're playing the NFC North. I'm sorry, North. NFC South. NFC, NFC South. South, which another strong division. The last two NFC, su- NFC champs, the last two... Uh, Super Bowl teams to represent the NFC coming from the NFC South. And the and Dolphins are got, playing at both of them. Yeah, and then they get New Orleans at, you know, is a home game, but they're playing in New Orleans. They're playing in London. Are in New or- in London, I'm sorry. And then, and then Tampa is one of the up-and-coming teams, one of the trendy picks to be a sleeper playoff team in the NFC. So that's not easy either. I, I think... Looking at it, you'd hope – I think if they go four and four in those eight games, that's that's pretty decent. That's pretty solid. So if they should go four and two and then go four and four, now you're looking at eight and six. And now the last two games, they get the second place team from the AFC South uh, last year, which was uh, Tennessee. Uh, a team that really dismantled them last year uh, and by all accounts has gotten better. They've beefed up their receiving core. A lot of people expecting a breakout for Marcus Mariota. He showed signs of it, showed flashes last year. So that's not an easy game. And then in the AFC North, they get the second place team from the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens, a team that has absolutely owned the Miami Dolphins over the past several years and a team that even when the Dolphins were on fire in the second half of last season and eventually made the playoffs, the Baltimore Ravens were a team that even though they weren't a playoff team still really dismantled the Dolphins. Looking at some serious good quarterback takes that week for Jay Cutler and Joe Flacco. (laughs) The takes are going to be unbelievable. What it, what it, what's your take? I guess it's the what it, it. I don't know. What's your take on Joe Flacco? I don't. I don't. I don't know where you're going with He's that. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Well, what can be said about Jay Cutler? Just a guy. 
So it's it's just a couple of guys then. That's it. Just a couple of guys. Just a couple of guys. But you know, everybody Q- like they QB get for just a just a couple of couple of eight and eight teams. People are people think that it's going to be a down year for Baltimore. And so, you know, all it takes is Baltimore getting a couple of big wins early in the season, getting a little bit going, and then you get the whole Joe Fla- is Joe Flacco elite conversation going on. I again. think that conversation is done. <laughs> uh, look, I he would makes listen, elite, he you makes ever spend any money. time on Twitter? What? You ever spend any time on Twitter? I try not to. There's no conversation that is dead. I promise. Okay. Well, the if All right, maybe the Joe Flacco is elite conversation isn't dead. But if you believe that Joe Flacco is elite, you're just dead wrong, and you're oh. just brain and you're oh. brain dead. Oh, Aaron, <laughs> the brain. I mean, what do you? What have you seen? I'm not. Listen, since, I'm not making since, since not, Joe Flacco had that great playoff stretch, which was what four games? Uh, let four games. Me, pronounce uh, his name. Of I want games. you to pronounce his name correctly. Correctly, that is Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. That's fine. Is 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 Eli Manning elite? Super Bowl, uh, guess, cha- two-time guess, Super Bowl champion Eli Manning. <laughs> that one has, is he's a little elite bit in my book because he beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl twice. Well, I would I would say that he's that in has, his own special class of. Elite. I would say that that has more to do with their defensive line and David Tyree and Wes Welker. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Anyway, anyway, Joe Flacco is not elite. End of story. Th- that conversation is dead. I am not. I am not arguing with you. I am not keeping that conversation. Alive. You're totally telling you that conversation. No, 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 no. Alive. I'm telling you that there are people on Twitter that will have that conversation with you. That won't. It won't. It won't be speaking a conversation. Of Twitter, speaking it of Twitter, not, follow well, us on Twitter at same old dolphins. It will not be a conversation because I will not entertain. Those responses because that conversation is dead. So if you tweet at Sam Old Dolphins that Joe Flacco is elite, you're immediately getting blocked. No, but ignored. It's it's not get at least by A. J, you could do whatever you want. Oh. A is not touching it. Hyphen A isn't gonna touch it. Hyphen J is just gonna go, huh. He'll probably if if it's me, I'll probably just send you a picture of, of uh Jay Cutler smoking a cigarette. I'll probably just go the the Omar Kelly route and and make an emoji with blank stare. I would like you to never reference Omar Kelly on this show ever again. Done deal. Very good. So uh, back to our prediction for this Dolphins season. What what is what is the Dolphins' record for you at the end of the season? I have I have my pick. I think I know where I'm going. I think I've made my decision. They- I think they go, as I said, I think they go four and two in the division. I think between the AFC West and the NFC South, I think they go four and four. That puts them at eight and six. And between the Tennessee game, do they get Tennessee at home or are they at Tennessee? Tennessee is at home. And they are... And they're at Baltimore. Correct. I say they split those two games. I've got them at nine and seven. I've got them at nine and seven as well. And my feeling is that they probably, I don't know. I think at nine and seven, they maybe just sneak into the playoffs. Well, how about we do this? 
Oh, we both have them at nine and seven. Okay. Let's go division by division. Okay. Pick the division winners. Okay. And then we decide who the wild card teams are, and we see if they make it. Okay. Well, let's and then go- a- and then after we do each division, it will do. We don't need to go round by round or whatever. We'll just do the AFC. We'll hold off on picking the conference champ until we do the NFC division winner and and wild cards. All right. And then we'll have our Super Bowl and we'll we'll pick our Super Bowl winners. I love it. Let's go. Ready? Ready. We're going to start in the AFC East. I'm going to go conservative here and I'm going to say the Patriots win the AFC East with a 13 and 3 record. I'm going to say the Patriots win the AFC East and I'm going to say that they go 14 and 2. That's fine. That's fine. I, I could I could see that. But I, like I said, I went conservative. Uh, how about the AFC West? I like the Raiders to win the AFC West. I like the Raiders to finish. I like the Raiders to finish, I think, 11 and 5 at the top of the AFC West. Maybe 10 and 6, but I, I'm going 11 and 5. So as I mentioned before, the AFC West arguably the best division in football. The reason is there's not a single bad team in this division and every single team in this division has the capability of winning this division. I just want to go ahead and say this is not, there's not a bad team in this division until about week five when the Chargers have lost half of their starting lineup. (laughs) But if they stay healthy, look out. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, make your pick. I like the Denver Broncos to bounce back with, with no a quarterback schedule with no quarterback with us with no quarterback last year. I believe they were what nine and seven, eight and eight. I mean, and they were they were right there come the last month of the season. It's true. And they they had some injuries and now they're going to play a softer schedule. Uh, you get a little bit more experience with Trevor Simeon. Give me the Broncos with an elite defense at eleven and five. All right. AFC North. I think this is, uh, I think the AFC North is the Steelers division to lose. Uh, and I don't think they're going to lose it. I think, uh, I think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. I'm going to call them, I'm going to call them 11 and 5. I like the Steelers as well. I think this is an elite Steelers club and I think it's a hungry Steelers club. The question is about Ben Roethlisberger, whether he can be healthy for an entire season and, you know, as well as their weapons uh, and can Martavis Bryant stay healthy or stay out of trouble. I should if they stay healthy, I like the Steelers to go 13 and three. Wow. Okay. Strong pick there. Yes. Okay, well then let's go out to the um, to AFC South. I think you've uh, this is uh, this is really anybody's anybody's pick in this division. I mean, I real actually checked. I take that back. I really think this is the division that is between the Texans and the Titans here. I mean, even if Andrew Luck comes back and plays, you know, and he's a hundred percent and he plays incredible football, I still don't know that the Colts are a good enough team to win this division especially when you look at the defense of, of the Texans. Um, Texans also have quarterback troubles of their own. But uh, I'm going to say that the Texans do win this division, but I'm going to say they're going to win the division with a 9-7 and seven record. I like the pick, 
I agree with you that this is a division between the Texans and the Titans. But I like the direction that the Titans are going. And if the Titans can just have a solid defense, I think they make the improvements on the offensive end already a great offensive line, already a great running game. They add to the receiving core. They get another year of Marcus Mariota, who showed signs of turning into, dare I say, an elite quarterback. I don't know that he's an elite quarterback, but he looks like he could be a pretty good one. And I like the Tennessee Titans to win this division at 10 and 6. Okay, so, well, so then that means you see the Dolphins, well, let's see. So we've got 10 and 6. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're beating the Dolphins or losing to the Dolphins. I think, you know, when you get into that tier of teams, they're going to win some games and lose some games to some similar teams. They're going to lose some games to some teams that they should beat. They're going to beat some teams that they probably shouldn't beat. So, uh, who do you got in the wild card here? My first wild card team is the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the NFL, a team that was absolutely snake bit with injuries last year. Always a very solid defense and really quietly could potentially be one of the best offenses in the league. Andy Dalton throwing to a healthy A.J. Green. They get Joe Mixon in the draft. Whether or not you care for Joe Mixon as a human being is is besides the point. I believe he's going to end up being the starting running back on that team and a pretty darn good one. And they get uh, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Brandon LaFell. Quietly a pretty deep receiving core plus Tyler Eifert. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals, let's call them, I'm going to call them 11 and 5. So you think they're they're miss, they're making the wild card with the same record as the Steelers? No, I've got the Steelers at 13 and 3. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Yeah, and and I've got I've got the Bengals at 11 and 5 and then at 10 and 6, I like the Kansas City Chiefs. To, to get into the playoffs as a wild card team. I'm torn between, I believe, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Texans are all going into the last month of the season going to be vying for a wild card spot. I think Cincinnati is going to be kind of ahead of them and you're going to have those, what is that, What is it, like five or six teams basically vying for one spot. And of course you'll have Houston also vying for their division uh, with, with Tennessee. But ultimately I just like the balance of Kansas city. Uh, look, there's nothing spectacular about Alex Smith, but there's nothing bad about Alex Smith. And they're going to, I believe that uh, Kareem hunt between him and Charkandrick West, uh, they'll have a serviceable running game. Uh, Tyreek Hill look to be a breakout receiver. You know Andy Reid is going to find a way to make that offense work, and it's still a very, very good defense. So I like the Chiefs as the second wild card, which means, Dolphins fans, that as much as I hope that I'm wrong, I don't believe that the Miami Dolphins are a playoff team this year. There it is. 
There it is. I I also see the Dolphins just missing out on the playoffs. I think I think the Denver Broncos. Well, no, I don't like. Really, I think it's the Chiefs in the AFC West. And uh, I agree with you that I think the Bengals come out of the AFC North. And I think the Dolphins' season ends in Week 17. And that's it. And that's all she wrote. I hope I'm wrong, just like you. Uh, and you know, I think. I think we'll we'll have a better idea after the first few weeks of the season, but I just want to go out there. I want to say this now because, you know, I've discovered and, you know, really since with the, with, with the invention of Twitter, it's like so bad how some football fans just jump to these horrible conclusions with limited sample sizes. Um, and granted, look, we all did it last year when the Dolphins were one and four last season. We thought this is it. Th- this team is not going anywhere. There's nothing happening. This is the same old team. And well, then to be fair, we've got about 20 years of a sample size with that. Wait, right. But I mean, last season when the Dolphins went one and four, granted, you know, we thought for sure that's the end of this. Uh, but then, you know, they turned it around and something, you know, something amazing happened. So I just want to go out there and say right now, because there are some Dolphin fans who if Jay Cutler shows up in week one in the season and throws for 164 yards, no touchdowns and three interceptions, they're going to write off the season. Oh, absolutely. And it's absolutely. And it's one game against an up and coming out of conference team. Uh, possibly on a short week. Uh, so, you know, oh, granted, it's, the, it's up the, the excuse machine early this year. This is the same old dolphin show. What are we, we talking about got, here? We haven't even gotten to week one. We are, even if this game gets moved up to, to Thursday, we've got two and a half days before they even play a regular season game. And you're I'm already just saying, cranking I'm up not, the I'm not, I'm not cranking the up the excuse machine. I'm not cranking up the excuse machine. I'm saying if they if they lay an egg in the first game of the season, it doesn't mean that this is a lost cause and that it's time to take Jay Cutler out behind the bar and ship him off to the glue factory. That's not and what I'm saying. Same, and by the same token, if Jay Cutler should go out there and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns and the Dolphins win 42 to 10... Uh, it's not time to just anoint him the the savior of the Dolphins. Say that Ryan Tannehill's career as a Dolphin is over, exactly. and that the Dolphins are going twelve and four. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So it's just you got to keep a level head here. You know, let's let's not let's pump the brakes. Let's let's wait and see what happens, even, regardless of what that result is in that first week. Uh, but granted, we're still going to have a while to talk about that. But I, I want to get in our this week in Dolphins history, Brain, and then we wait, can talk. Don't, about, don't we have to do the NFC? I guess we could do the NFC. I was going to do my this week. This is halftime here. All right, all right. Let's do the halftime show then. The halftime show here, and uh, I'll be talking about this every week here on the show, of course, which you should be following us at Same Old Dolphins. Uh, you should be following The Brain at Aaron The Brain, following me at Amplified to Rock. Uh, Brain, what's the website you're writing for nowadays? Uh, 
DolphinsReport.com. It's a part of uh, Scout.com, which is now owned by CBS Sports. Yeah, uh, Brand's been doing some good articles for them, so uh, make sure you're checking them out, and you can follow them on Twitter at Dolphins on Scout. And if you haven't subscribed to the same old Dolphin show yet, you should do so now. You can do that via iTunes, you can do it through RSS, and you can follow us on SoundCloud as well. Uh, so just put us in whatever your favorite podcatcher is, and you can make sure you get every episode of the same old Dolphin show. And part of the same old Dolphin show is this week in Dolphins history, and it is... Uh, we're going to go back to a fantastic opening day performance by a Miami Dolphins quarterback. September 4th, 1994. In fact, Dan Marino and Drew Bledsoe got into uh, a shootout for the ages. Both quarterbacks threw for over 400 yards. Marino went 23 of 42 for 473 yards, five touchdowns and an interception with a... His quarterback rating for the game was 124.3. Bledsoe went 32 of 51 for 421 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. His rating for the game was 98.6. This was a game first week of the season at, uh, I don't remember what the name of the stadium was at this time, but we're going to call it Joe Robbie Stadium. Uh, the Marlins field was there because it was in the middle of baseball season. The Marlins had started a couple seasons before and uh, the, the the field was a disgusting mess. It was a it was a disgusting, rainy, horrible, soggy mess. The game was blacked out locally because it was not sold out. And uh but it was just a gunslinging matchup for the ages that happened to see the Miami Dolphins leave victorious 39 35 over the New England Patriots. One of the great Dolphins opening day games um, and just an all-time classic Dan Marino performance. 473 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. That is this week in Dolphins history. Okay, so I remember this game vividly. Yes. Um, I remember exactly the restaurant where we watched basically the second half of this game while right. while basically waiting for dinner. I don't know if you remember the restaurant because you were there with me with this, it was with it, our parents was and this our uni- grandparents. Was it, was it just off a of university in Sterling Road? It was. Do you what? remember the name of the restaurant? Uh I don't I cannot remember the name of the restaurant. The Kansas City Steakhouse. The Kansas City Steakhouse on <laughs> University Drive in Sterling Road in Cooper yes, City, Florida. Absolutely or is no it longer there. Davey? Uh technically Davy. Unbelievable. Um and I remember one thing about this game, this was Marino's first game after coming back from the Achilles injury that ended his season that's right uh, the year before and there were questions coming in as to whether or not Marino would ever be the same and he answered all of those critics with that game now granted by the end of the year uh you know whether it was the Achilles or whether it was other injuries or or age that crept up with him that was the high point of the year was that first game. And that was basically another year of kind of hate to say it, but same old dolphins where I believe that year we, we started something like nine and two and ended up nine and seven and missing the playoffs. Yes. Um, Classic. But dolphins. 
but um, I remember vividly th- that game. Uh, the drop were down like I want to say thirty five. It must have been thirty five, thirty two. Fourth and five. Dolphins go for it, and Dan Marino hits Irving Fryer. Irving Fryer, Irving baby. Fryer, baby. Irving Fryer. <laughs> With like a 30-yard bomb and then the doll. I don't know if they scored on that play or scored soon after, but it was an exciting time to be a Dolphins fan because many had written the Dolphins off at that time, uh, had written Marino off, and we still had a couple more really entertaining years of Dan Marino as the quarterback of the Dolphins. And that was really probably the – there were a couple of other games. He had a game against the Colts. Maybe not that year, but a couple years later where he kind of showed flashes of the old Marino. But that was one of the few times after the Achilles injury that Dan Marino truly looked to be the elite Marino of old. So a really fun memory. Yeah, so that's this week in Dolphins history. Uh, they're going to get better now because we're now getting into the where there was regular season games. So we'll have actual things that we can uh, look back on. So that's one of them right there. Uh, all right, Brain, let's go NFC. We're going to start NFC East. Who you got? NFC East. A lot of people love the Cowboys, even with the Zeke suspension uh, looming. Uh, they just feel like, look, with that offensive line, with Dak Prescott under quarterback, uh, this is their division. I think they're going to struggle a little bit. I, I think it's going to be difficult for them to replicate what they did on offense last year. I also think that they lost some things on defense and they'll play a a more difficult schedule. And I don't think they're going to have the luxury of being up two scores in just about every single game that they play. I think they're going to have to play from behind a little bit. I think that means uh, they won't be able to lean on the run as much. Dak Prescott, uh, there's going to be a little bit more of a book on him and a little bit more pressure. And the New York Giants had the best defense in the league last year. They go ahead and add... Brandon Marshall to a receiving core that already has Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, up and coming Sterling Shepard. I like the Giants to take this division at 11 and 5. I, I'm going to pump the brakes on that one. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go out there and say that this is still the Cowboys division. I, I like them. I, I, I like that team. And I'm, I'm picking them. I'm going with the Cowboys. And I'm going to say. I'm going to say 10 and 6. Cowboys win the NFC East. You heard it here first. Josh likes the Cowboys. Well, you. Not to put all the swears here on the show, but. Whoa! Whoa! Where did that come from? I'm very, I can't believe you said I like the Cowboys. Although the that does remind hasn't me of it. not started yet. That reminds me of the time that. You're already cranking up the excuses and blaring out obscenities. I, 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 I We're will not s- even 0-1 yet. I will say that, you know, that, that reminds me of the time that our father went away somewhere on a business trip to Dallas. He went on a business trip to Dallas and he brought me back a shirt. He brought me back a t-shirt that said, how about them Cowboys? It's a true story. What'd you do with that shirt? I, what you know, the the sad thing is, I wore it a couple of times. I have no idea where it is now, but I wore it. It was a thing. You and heard it here one more time. Josh likes the Cowboys. Not going to swear anymore. In fact, I'm going to go back and and bleep out those other swears. This is a clean show. This is a family show. Uh 
All right, let's Shall go. Move on? Let's move on to the NFC West. Is this the Seahawks division or what? I think it's the Seahawks division, but beware the Cardinals if they're healthy. Um, but that said, I still think this is the Seahawks division. I still think they're the more complete team. I think they're more reliable at the quarterback position. Give me the Seahawks at 11 and five. Yeah, same. I'm also going with the Seahawks. I'm also going 11 and five on the Seahawks. NFC North. This is the Packers division, isn't it? This is the Packers division. 13 and and three. Picking the Packers 13 and three. I think that's good. I like I like that. I like the Packers at there. I really think that this is the year that they finally put it together. They've got a, a solid running game to complement Aaron Rodgers. They get a tight end in Martellus Bennett. I think that offense is absolutely complete. They just need the defense to be average. I think they'll play it from ahead a lot. I think that plays to the defense's advantage. I like the Packers. I like 13 and 3. Let's go 13 and 3. All right, NFC South. I like the Falcons to win the NFC South at 10 and 6. This is the division that I've had the most trouble with. Because look, most people would say the best two divisions in football were the AFC West and the NFC East. I happen to think that the NFC South is right there with these two divisions in that I don't think there's a bad team in in this division. And I think that any team in this division is capable of getting hot and winning it. Because let's face it, two years ago, we did not think that the Carolina Panthers were going to to end up winning the division. And they went like 15 and one and last and, and made it to the Super Bowl. And then last year, none of us expected the Atlanta Falcons to come out of nowhere and win this division. And they made it to the Super Bowl. The New Orleans Saints, you know that they're going to be great offensively. They go and they add Adrian Peterson. Even if Adrian Peterson doesn't work out, you still got Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara there. You still got Drew Brees there. You still got Michael Thomas. It's still going to be a very good offense. And you know what? Their defense looks pretty good in the preseason. So I'm not going to be surprised if if New Orleans ends up being a surprise team this year. And we've already talked about Tampa Bay and how people believe that they're uh, kind of a breakthrough candidate this year with with Jameis Winston and Mike Evans and and uh, Deshaun Jackson and company. All that said, I believe that last year was an anomaly when it comes to Cam Newton. I think he took way too many vicious hits and played the majority of the year extremely banged up. He's healthy. I think they're going to protect him a little bit better. I think you're going to see a lot more quick passes, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. And I think you're going to see a huge year from Cam Newton. Maybe not the MVP year of two years ago, but I think you're going to see a huge year. It's going to be a better year for their defense. And I think the Carolina Panthers get back on top of this division at 11-5. and All right, let's do the wild cards. Who you got? The wild card, my first wild card is the Dallas Cowboys. While I don't think they're going to win the division this year, I still think that they're an extremely good team and they're going to be extremely dangerous come playoff time. I like the Dallas Cowboys at 10 and 6. And my other wild card team at 10 and 6 as well. 
last year's NFC champs, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I've I so I've got it basically flip flop. So I've got the Giants and the Panthers as my two NFC wildcard teams. So we basically the team that you have winning the NFC East, I have as a wild card, and the team you have winning the NFC South. I have as a wild card. So there it is. All right. So uh, it's Super Bowl pick time, Brain. I, I have a feeling we're going to do the exact same thing, but here it goes. My Super Bowl is going to have the New England Patriots facing the Green Bay Packers. And my Super Bowl is going to have the Green Bay Packers facing the New England Patriots. What a shock. So we've, we've picked the same thing. Unbelievable. But, but who do you have winning? Oh, I think the Patriots win again. I've got the Packers winning. Oh, interesting. I think this is look, and I to be fair, I've picked the Packers the last two years, so I have got kind of a Chris Berman thing going here. The the last, actually, no, two years ago, I did pick the Broncos preseason. That's right. But I picked the Broncos to beat the Packers last year. I picked the Packers to beat the Patriots. This year, I'm also picking the Packers to beat the Patriots. So I kind of have a Chris Berman, Buffalo Bills, San Francisco 49ers thing going on, uh, at least in the fact that I've done this now two years in a row where I'm picking the exact same Super Bowl. But I really believe that Aaron Rodgers is due for another title. I just I, – I think he is – when all is said and done, may end up going down as the best QB that we've ever seen. Which is to be That's said, saying because, something like, because he's got a long way to go if he's going to beat out uh, Tom Brady for that. Well, if you're just talking rings, I don't think he's going to catch Tom Brady. But from a year to year basis, basically since the year that he won his first championship, which what was that like 2010, 2011? Yeah, some somewhere around there. You know when he beat the Steelers and had his breakthrough, basically. This guy is averaging 40 touchdowns a year and throws like no picks. <laughs> I mean, the guy is remarkable. And if he had any kind of defense, he'd be putting together a Patriots-like run in Green Bay. And maybe, look, he, he's still got prime left. And, you know, you had the big story, I guess, in ESPN this week come out about how uh, he said that he hopes that uh, being an NFL quarterback is not the the only thing that he does or not the the best thing that he does in his life. And, you know, that's got, you know, those diehard football fans kind of up in arms because they want they want their their athletes. They want their their guys, uh, their their players on their favorite sports team to live and die with their teams the way that they do. And it kind of pisses them off. When when one of their players comes out and basically says, look, you know, it's not that I don't want to win. I'm obviously I want to be great and be the best that I can. But it's not really what I how I see myself in the big picture. Uh, it's not my highest priority. And I think he's great enough to where it doesn't need to be his highest life priority. And he can still be the greatest quarterback in the game because I just think he's that type of guy. And I think he's that type of player. Um but I digress. I just think you're looking for a monster year, another MVP caliber season from Aaron Rodgers. And if they get any kind of defense, I think the Packers get it done this year. 
All right, there it is. Those are the picks. Uh, so we went a little bit outside of the box, a little bit outside of our, our normal lane here on the same old Dolphin show, but we wanted to make sure we got a good season preview in. So uh, we did that. And, uh, you know, we'll be back later this week, hopefully with a preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at your Miami Dolphins. But uh, we'll be standing by and we'll we'll let you know if we have to come up with a contingency plan, just like the NFL may have to come up with a contingency plan. So we hope that you will already be subscribed to the podcast so that if we uh, put out a, an episode at a different time than what we're expecting to, it'll be downloaded right into your podcatcher. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave us a positive review on iTunes. Five stars. If you want to go full five stars, we'd appreciate it. Um, get in touch with us. Shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a message. Um, we're looking forward to hearing from you, and we thank you for for listening to the show. And hey, it's uh, we're off and running. The preseason is behind us. We are now full steam ahead to the regular season. So we will look forward to talking to you on the next epi- episode of the show. For Aaron the Brain, this is Josh Katzker. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from